This is Stacking Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. I'm Travis Wyman. I live in L.A. My brother Josh Wyman, he still lives in Vermont. And, uh, yeah, it's good to talk to you again, Josh. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, Travis. How's it going out there? Pretty good. It's funny. I just keep talking about how hot it is to start off every podcast, uh, but uh, it really is a scorcher. It was 100 today. <laughs> really? And, uh, I don't know. I went and had breakfast in the morning with Maddie Smith, our friend Maddie Smith, and yeah. uh, it wasn't too hot when we went to this place called The Griddle near the Laugh Factory, and um, we had really huge pancakes. I forgot how big they are, but I ordered a stack of three pancakes, and they were actually as big around as a basketball, each pancake, and they were bigger than my plate, so it looked like they just set down a stack of pancakes with no plate on the table, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I like celebrating the season, so I got a pumpkin, (laughs) a stack of pumpkin pancakes, and when they came, they they had, like, pumpkin pie filling on the top, and they were really good. What did did Maddie have? Did he go seasonal? I forgot what he had. I think he maybe had an apple and cinnamon one, but we both could only finish about a quarter of them because they were so huge that just a quarter of the stack was, like, a full meal. And then we uh, we had to box them up. Oh, but just two <laughs> two American boys just getting a seasonal pancake stack. Yeah, it felt very Roman. Like, yeah, it was very plentiful in like the Roman Empire at its peak. Yeah, and uh, I, I no, but I really liked that place. I hadn't been there in years, but um, you know, it's held out. I think people like to go have their huge pancakes from time to time. Do you get some uh, real maple syrup on that? Yeah, they they set set down uh, some grade A dark amber, which is great. It's like the second best you can have, other than grade A light amber. Mm-hmm. And it had a little uh, metal pouring spout, like you would have on liquor bottles at a bar, so you could just easily pour your syrup with precision <laughs> and control. That's important. Syrup yeah. is uh, expensive. Real syrup is a uh, is valuable, you know. It's uh, loved. Remember that time our our dad boiled down maple syrup by tapping trees in our yard, and he used a propane tank on a gas grill, and he just went through what was it, one or two propane tanks, just to make a half a gallon of syrup. I think. Yeah, quite a few tanks. It was like uh, it felt like an Apollo mission, and he was just discarding tanks trying to get to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the moon, he was after that delicious dark amber. Yeah, yeah. I I like uh, that whole process though. I someday that'd be fun to kind of get into making that when I'm an old man. I think just walking a- along with your golden retrievers, checking the tap line. <laughs> yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think it's interesting how you can tap maple trees on a hillside and then let all the gravity just run all the sap out of the trees. Uh, down the hill. I think our little brother Sam was telling me a big problem they have when people set up their maple sugar setups like that is moose will walk through all the maple lines and just rip them out of the trees because the moose doesn't care. It's just an obstacle. Oh, so, it, so it just walks slowly through the sap lines? Well, because the, the tap lines run from tree to tree for miles, right? Sometimes? Yeah, so there's no way that the big moose can get around that. So he probably just doesn't even care and walks right through it. You know, that's a lot 
That's a lot to ask that no animals will just not bother those lines. But most animals aren't that big. Um, Well, that's cool. And I'm trying to think of what else. Have you ever gone up to the border again since Uh, that time you went to Montreal? No, not. Well, we went to Montreal last this past November, but I haven't been there since then. To shake hands with Justin Trudeau. Remember, the tabloids couldn't get enough of Justin Trudeau and Obama. This, the headlines were like, they're at it again. Obama and Justin. <laughs> Epic bromance. Yeah. They. <laughs> Tr- Trump should have an epic bromance with uh, Trudeau. Yeah, I don't think he's his type, though. I think he needs another bromance. I need, you know. Do you think uh, Trudeau is the, the kind of uh, leader that would just leave Trump hanging with three dots like he's writing and then just never respond for days? Or do you think. All he would leave him was a, a red timestamp, like he has read the text and no three dots at all. Probably, yeah, probably the red. I think that one stings the most when there's the red at 12.05 and then no <laughs> no response ever. Yeah, but that also means the, um, can't you shut, can you shut that off so people can see that, can't see that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really mess with my phone in that way. Uh I don't know. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you, sure you, you clearly what? you clearly do if you if you know that much about it. Well, no, it's just it's the thing you see. I no, I don't. What do you mean turn it off? You can turn it <laughs> off probably so that people can't see if you read the text or not. But I don't think I've turned any of that stuff off. Whatever they give me in the update, I just keep. I don't. I don't really care if people can see. <laughs> you know all the like my dots and my typing dots and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It adds it adds to the the meaning of it. I remember when the three dots came out, and you'd see three dots appear and go away, and then come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In the old days, there was none of that. No, you had to call up on a rotary phone. What 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 is the point of the three dots? Is that supposed to like? Well, I guess if you're having a face to face conversation, mm-hmm. you and and I'm thinking about what you just said, I might look up to the sky or exhale or something. You know, but you, if we're texting, you don't know if I'm considering what you said. But if you see the three dots, you know I'm thinking, you know. If I, if I, what I've always wondered is if I type one letter and then I leave my phone for a long time, does it look like I'm doing the three dots to you forever? Or does, do I have to actively be typing and untyping things for those to, I don't know. This yeah. is trivial. No, no, I don't no, know. <laughs> no, no, it's true. I was thinking about that too. I Cause because sometimes I'll, I'll write like a word or two to someone, get busy, and then just not finish that forever. And I'm just wondering if they just keep seeing my three dots all day. I think it stays for a while, but I don't. I don't think you'd keep the three dots forever. I think it recognizes that you've done that. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so what what else is going on out out there? Well, let's see. Um, oh, the, the Dodgers won. The first game of the World Series yesterday. This is kind of dating the podcast, but uh, and they're doing game two against the Houston Astros uh, in Dodger Stadium pretty much right now, I think. So, you know, they're playing like a special rap song that one of the radio stations has made for the Dodgers. And people are saying, go Dodgers. It's just like a lot of morale is high in the city for the Dodgers right now. So that's kind of cool. Can you? What does the rap song sound like? <laughs> they say they say Dodgers quite a bit. Uh, it's like Dodge. I don't know. No, come on, <laughs> give it a shot. I want to hear this song a little bit. 
I, I honestly can't remember it at all. They end up just saying "Go Dodgers" a bunch. Oh, okay. And I don't even know the melody, but I'll, if I hear it, and next time I'll sing it for you. But oh, I'll look it up. Oh, here's a news story I, I heard about. Uh, I was looking through WCAX, which is the local news station up here, and there's this man from Montreal. He was dropping his kids off at school, and he had his windows rolled down on his SUV, and uh, the song came on, Everybody dance now. So he, he started singing along to it really loud, and then he got pulled over by a Montreal police officer, and they said they pulled him over because he was screaming in his car too loud. <laughs> and he he uh the tickets <laughs> the ticket showed like in the citation it was written out uh citation for screaming in car uh, and he thought it was a little excessive it was 145 canadian so he, he he was singing along like everybody dance now yeah and they actually did it, this was for the news so they had a reporter go and talk to him and drive around in his suv explaining the story and they <laughs> they both are start singing the song but uh yeah i don't know i just thought it was funny he got a noise ordinance for enjoying uh that song that was probably disturbing the peace up in canada wait montreal you said uh-huh yeah yeah that's probably you know that's a little too too much energy for that town <laughs> yeah you're supposed to calmly sit in the morning and do your work and sip your coffee and say sorry if you, like, walk too close to somebody. Yeah, they are very polite, the Canadians. You know, he was just being himself, enjoying yeah. his favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just be having a happy day. So I guess if James Corden went up there with his carpool karaoke, they'd probably cuff him, right? Yeah, they'd cuff him and stuff James Corden. Although I actually wouldn't mind that because I, I don't like James Corden. Yeah, why don't you like James Corden? I don't know. He's just like, he seems like one of those guys that's fake nice, but in like the privacy of his home, he's a real asshole. <laughs> well, I guess we're not going to have James Corden on ever. I don't care if we don't ever have James Corden on. I'd rather not. <laughs> he just yeah. seems like a fake nice person that's really a jerk. Yeah. I think he's kind of a product of the YouTube celebrity, I think. You know, mm -hmm. they just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. He just seems like a, like a fame hog. Like, you know, like he's the type of kid at the talent show that would like, if another kid is singing a song, he'd grab the mic out of that kid's hand and then like just start belting out his favorite songs to the audience. Like, look how good I'm singing. <laughs> and then... I just, I, I don't know. Like, the, people like David Letterman, there's a subtlety to him. I'm talking about late show hosts now, but, like, Letterman just had a subtlety to him. He had a certain confidence. Like, he had you kind of lean in and listen to him, whereas Corden is almost desperately seeming to be like, look at me in my car. Look at how we're singing in a car now. I'm belting out my favorite tunes now with famous people. I'm singing their songs better than they can sing them because I'm the most talented guy ever from Great Britain. He's just like a fame hog. Yeah, he's a fame hog. He's got like that, that hungry look in his eyes. Like, he'd do anything to get in a car with a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I get that. Who knows? Maybe he's, like, one of those nice guys that helps people and sends nice letters to people who have gone through hardship and never tells anyone about it. I'm sure that's, like, the real him, but... 
I'm gonna I'm gonna email you a bunch of things that James Corden has done for like cancer awareness and stuff to make yeah, you feel. Yeah, I'm sure big. he's a great guy. I don't know why. Sometimes I just judge people and it's not right. But oh no, you gotta go with your feeling, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm sure it'd be easy to prove me wrong, but <laughs> plus. Uh, he blocks off the streets when he does that carpool karaoke, like he was blocking off Maddie's street one day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember you mentioning. Yeah, I mean, not that that's a big deal because the production crews all around town are always doing that, but hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've never worked on anything with a production trailer, have you, where you sit in the car and ride along and pretend you're driving? Mm, no, but I see them going around town like... Uh, there was a show called Southland, and I saw two actors from that in a police car on the back of a trailer drive by one time. Mm. Yeah, so for our listeners who, who don't know these Hollywood tricks, uh, when you see two people riding in a car or even one person, what they'll do out here is they put the car on a trailer so it's actually two, three feet off the ground being pulled by a truck, and the film crew just sets up the camera on a tripod either in the bed of the truck facing the windshield of the car or they'll do maybe an, a second camera with an arm to uh, film the people. But So they're not actually driving uh, anything and they have to act like they're driving. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of entourage used to do that around town. Um, but you, Yeah, and they, they... Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, no, it's just... It's funny to see, because when they go by, it looks like a whole little town is driving by, because they have the, the police car to block traffic and all, you know, the production. I've always noticed that certain actors don't even try to pretend they're driving or they they don't think about it when they're saying their lines to the other person but they'll just be moving the wheel back and forth uh <laughs> really hard and in real life that would make the car swerve back and forth but they just um aren't thinking about it or don't care but that used to drive me crazy when i was a kid i'd see people cranking the wheel back and forth but the car is going perfectly straight forward in the scene and i was like ah oh, that's not that's not true. That they should do it the right way. Just hold the, you know, just lay your hand on the top of the wheel and talk to the person. Just be natural. Uh, oh, <laughs> remember when we were working on that uh, independent movie up in northern New York while we were in college uh, called Frozen River? You can look it up if you want. Any any listener out there? <laughs> and uh, we worked on the pilot, I guess, or it was a short at the time for that. What later became a feature film. But Travis drove, uh, it was our station wagon, was in the film, and you were the stunt driver, right? Yeah, well, our wood-paneled 1989 Chevy Capri station wagon, the thing was huge, and it had pretty bald rear tires on it. And, uh, yeah, they wanted a shot where this station wagon is driving across the St. Lawrence River, which is like a pretty big seaway, actually, but it was frozen, uh pretty far out and they wanted a shot of the car barreling along across the border because the whole story is that someone's driving a car over the St. Lawrence River to uh, smuggle people. Yeah, so I just gunned it straight out onto onto the ice and looking back on it, <laughs> yeah, it could have like the ice could have broken, but yeah, I don't know. I was a senior in college and it seemed like a fun thing to do. 
Yeah, we uh, we got on that project because the producer was from our college, St. Lawrence University, and he sent an email to the art department, and I answered the email first. So mm-hmm. uh, Travis and I and a few other friends got to work on this movie, but it was fun because we got to meet uh, Melissa Leo, and then, you know, her career kind of, you know, she's doing pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Yeah, she actually lobbied for us to get snow tires on our station wagon because they were kind of bald, and she said she'd feel safer in our station wagon with snow tires. Uh, so she got production to buy us, I think, four new tires, right? Yeah, that was cool of her because she'd always kind of take us to the side and she'd tell us before she's going to do something. She's like, listen, guys, those tires are pretty bald. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask to see if I can get you four new snow tires because it'll be good for me too and then you can just keep the snow tires and then I always liked how she checked in with us first and then did it because she was like the you know she was the head of the whole thing in a way uh, her and the director so um, yeah she didn't have to do that but yeah it's cool Melissa Leo is cool she's a cool person and that that, uh, station wagon think ended up in a demolition derby years later it went out in a blaze of glory yeah it was in a it got us to high school senior year it got us through college uh it was in a movie and then it uh bashed itself to death in a mud pit at the local county fair <laughs> yeah demolition derbies are fun like if, i don't know if they'll have them in the future with self-driving cars but um <laughs> I don't know. It would just oh, be what? it'd just be a, a, a autonomous car demolition derby would just be <laughs> them just avoiding each other kind of like yeah, oh, either sorry. that or you turn it to demolition derby mode and it's a perfectly choreographed like ballet of a full line of cars hitting a full line of cars <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> they just go Doosh, then back up all simultaneously then Doosh. yeah. <laughs> it just keep slamming in. I like the chaos of the cur- current demo derby, you know, 20 different human brains trying to figure things out and smash into each other. Yeah, it's more fun that way. Well, our cousin yeah. Eric won the uh, the fireman's demo derby. It was just firefighters, I think, and he took uh-huh. home a big trophy. Oh, that yeah. was re- cool. And remember, he backed into someone and his seat broke, so he his torso disappeared because we were watching, his t- he just disappeared all of a sudden, and it was because he was laying fully flat on his fully reclined broken chair. And I think from that point on, he had to just hit people head on and let his <laughs> seatbelt catch his chest. <laughs> because if he tried to back up again, he'd get thrown just onto the broken flat seat. So he couldn't, that would be too dangerous, you know. Yeah, so, oh, I just want to go over the rules of a demolition derby real fast. For people that don't know, a demolition derby is um, everyone gets an old used car. You have to knock out all the glass of the windows and the windshield, and then you have to rip out all the seats except for the driver's seat. And I think you have to put the gas tank only can have maybe a gallon of gas in it or something Mm -hmm. like that, and then you weld or chain the doors shut so they can't fly open. And then all these cars get in a muddy pit in where you would have a monster truck rally or, you know, other sorts of races tractor pulls at a fair and you line up maybe 12 cars on either end of the arena and then they just back into each other until one car is left moving so it's, yeah and, you know, and i like how they have the different classes like there'll be the tiny little tin boxes like the little hatchback honda civics and then it, 
it would go to the next class, the big heavy sedans. And then after that, there would be the big heavy station wagons, like the Chevy Capris. The, and it's like seeing different size boxing matches, like Walter Waite to heavyweight. Yeah. I would say the station wagons would be like Mike Tyson and, um, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather, he would be the, the hatchback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. those are Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, yeah, they're little hatchbacks. But it was fun, too. I used to love, uh, it had this flair at the, uh, was it the Swansea? Oh, Cheshire County Fair, when we used to go to the fair growing up. It would have a certain flair like pro wrestling because some of the cars, the guys would get really into, and and women, guys and girls would get into painting up their cars. Like one person would paint up his uh, sedan all green and then wire a stuffed animal of Kermit the Frog to the top. Yeah. (laughs) And just write Kermit down the side or something. Yeah. Maybe tape the fingers so that Kermit's giving everyone the finger or something. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then uh, they'd always there'd always be some joker that would draw spray paint a bunch of red bullseyes on the car and write hit me yeah and uh, <laughs> I I just really enjoyed it so and so the smell of the exhaust and sometimes if they would uh, shoot rooster tails of sloppy mud up into the stands uh, you know it would just this mud would just hit you in the head <laughs> and go on your it was like SeaWorld only with mud and old cars yeah and there would be uh i think they also had to cut a little square out of the hood with a sawzall mm-hmm. or something so if there's a fire in the engine the fire department everything stops the cars have to stop moving and the part of the crowd would yell fire fire <laughs> yeah, yeah. Point at the people fire. would always stand up there'd always be the guy that had obviously had like at least a six pack in him and he stands up kind of with one arm slack at his side and he points you know at the car and then the other people see it and they all stand up and start shouting for the you know fire department to go put it out yeah yeah so yeah and then then they'd put it out and then maybe they'd have to drag that car out of the arena is yeah. yeah they were like gladiators. and everyone everyone cheers yeah they were like gladiators and uh you could buy a paper kind of it looked like a dog bowl of french fries uh thick cut french fries to eat while you were watching and it's a good time was a good time and then also at the since we're on the cheshire fair the fried dough was always a treat uh right mm-hmm. behind the demo derby you could just uh, everyone knows fried dough you know but that's where i would get it once a year uh and it would just have puddles of fat or whatever they fry it in. <laughs> and you could. And the powdered sugar. Yeah, you dump the powdered sugar into the puddle of fat until it just turns into a sugar ball or something. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's really good. Um, really good food. Uh, Polish sausage. Yeah, I haven't been there in a little while. Have you been to the fair? I think I went. When we moved back from Los Angeles, I went that year. And there was actually an old time beer tent where you could get $2. Budweiser drafts in those clear plastic cups, and mm-hmm. that was a great deal. Wait, why do they not usually do that? Well, they hadn't had the beer tent in years because it used to get unruly in the 70s. Mm-hmm. There used to be... <laughs> well, there, there was a, Cheshire County <laughs> Fair was a rough place in the 70s. Well, in the 70s, I think there was, you know, not even as much nightlife in Keene as there is now. So when the fair came with the beer tent, you can uh, go get rowdy. It was a little, it wasn't quite as much a family show in the 70s, I feel like, but now now it is. I'm trying to think, yeah, and well, we talked about the Pumpkin Festival last time. You know what? It'd be nice if you could go down there with your phone and get some audio of the Pumpkin Festival. 
with Sammy, you know, just get a few quick clips for next time. I don't know when the pumpkin festival is, but it'd be funny to hear you and Sammy reporting live. Like you could do like a couple minutes here and there on your phone. Oh, that would, yeah. Or we could, I could even send Sam out. Oh, are you, any plans for Halloween? Are you going to go to that big street thing in West Hollywood? Oh, I don't know. I got a, got a couple things I might do. Uh, nothing too crazy. I don't know if I'll dress up or not. I used to dress up a lot. Remember for a few years in a row, I was just Papa Smurf because I bought that uh, blue bottle of body paint. So I just, <laughs> I'd always have it hanging around and it was so much blue body paint. I was like, well, I'm going to get my money's worth and use that. Uh, I already had the, the ski suit bottom, the red ski suit bottom. So I had the Papa Smurf pants. I had the body paint. So it was always just a good go-to costume out in L.A. Um, yeah, for Halloween, I I don't know what uh, we're going to be doing up here. There's a spooky walk over in Plattsburgh where a man dresses up with a top hat. And, mm-hmm. gl- and Plattsburgh is the city across the lake from Burlington, Plattsburgh, New York. And mm-hmm. there's a man there I saw today. Uh, I noticed an advertisement, and he's a local professor, I think, at a state college in Plattsburgh, and he puts on a top hat, and he has long mutton chop sideburns, and he wears a sort of 1800s jacket and pants, and he walks around Plattsburgh telling you about murders that have happened. <laughs> and, and at one part of the tour, he's like, up in that apartment lived America's first serial killer, and there's a bunch of people looking kind of freaked out because he does it in the dark with just a, a kerosene lantern. And is this year-round or just October? I think he does year-round tours. You can rent him for maybe a bachelor party or a birthday party, but he's specializing. He's really doing a lot of them right now, I think. Over, oh. Yeah, so. Well, that actually sounds kind of interesting, though. So he said, you, did you see this on TV, local news? Yeah, I, well, I saw it on WCAX, the local station, uh, I think. And then I went to the website for the guy, and it's like, Spooky North Country Tours. Uh, he has a mm. Facebook page. So, oh, yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, there are some spooky things that go on up where you are. Uh, there's the Danamora Prison right up by you. Um, remember when those two guys a few years ago escaped from the Danamora Prison and they were on the run for about a month, uh, well, a week, I think. A week they were yeah, that was just a- roaming around. I think one of them romanced a, a female worker in the laundry room or the a seamstress or something. There I think they both did. Both of the men romanced one woman? I would have to read up on it, but uh, <laughs> I think it was a weird story, and yeah. she ended up helping them escape somehow. Yeah, I, I saw in the news that happened again. Another uh, female prison worker was seduced in the prison. Oh, what state? In New York, in Danamora again, I think. Huh. Well, uh... Let's hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Let's hope uh, everyone keeps their hands to themselves and uh, keeps that uh, professional work environment. How about you? What's going on? Any neighbors? Any mischief with the neighbors? Or anybody see uh, Champ, the the monster on Lake Champlain? No, I haven't seen Champ, the lake monster, or anything. But I did see a motorcycle cop casually ride his motorcycle off the road and then onto a path through the park and then he just slowly rode through the park and then casually back onto the road and I was wondering if it was legal or he just does that because no one can question him or 
you know, because the the park that we live near is called Battery Park, and it overlooks Lake Champlain. You can see the Adirondacks across the lake from Vermont. And uh, mm-hmm. I think he just likes doing it as part of his rounds because he can just look out across the lake from his Harley while he's mm-hmm. lazily going through the park. And he can also check to make sure that no one's doing drugs or anything like that. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think, like, up around you guys, wouldn't parks be places people do drugs? Yeah, definitely. They definitely do <laughs> some drugs yeah. over in Battery Park. Well, but he gets uh, two birds with one stone. He's getting a nice view of the lake, and he's checking to see if anyone's up to up to mischief. Yeah. It would be like an airline pilot flying, like, really low over his house if it was near the airport, you know, to check to see if the guy was working on his, like, gas heater or something, or to see if his wife is home. <laughs> Or if the guy was working on his wife. <laughs> the gas heater man's working on his wife. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> the milkman rings twice, and then you see a 747 just fly really low over the bushes. Yeah. Over the trees, it goes, and there's the angry husband is looking out the window. What's that movie with Denzel where he flies the plane upside down? To it's flight. Oh, flight. Yeah. It, it, it's like a, <laughs> a flight-type situation. The plane's upside down, and the guy looks up through the skylight from the guy's bed, and he's there with the wife, and he just, like, locks up with Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like one of those uh, remix YouTube videos that someone <laughs> makes, like where suddenly it's just shitty video. They're just shooting it in some random state, and then they <laughs> it cuts to Denzel flying upside down, and he's like, oh, "Oh no, is that your husband?" And it cuts to the very high quality footage of the movie. Oh, didn't you? Speaking of of uh, really confident pilots, didn't you run into a pilot that was? You said it was the steepest takeoff you've ever had, and he was kind of like a hipster pilot somewhere. No, you. We were both flying. Oh, I think we were flying back from from New England to L.A., and there was this. We were getting on the seven forty seven, or it was a pretty sizable passenger airplane. And there's this kid dressed up in a uniform like he's a pilot. He had to have been like early twenties, but kind of cockily, just leaning against. Uh, the wall on the tube you walk into the plane but (laughs) i'm like oh that guy must be training he's probably going to sit and watch the pilots fly the plane um but then we sit down and buckle up and we just hear his voice over the announcement and he he says uh, he was talking kind of almost mumbling like someone who didn't care like someone's Steps on or something like, yeah, I guess we're going to get to Chicago. Chicago, that's pretty, we'll do our best. And then (laughs) (laughs) it's like a pissed off teenager was flying our plane. And then suddenly I just hear the, we're on the takeoff runway and it just goes, he just fires up the engines. And then it was the quickest takeoff I've ever had. We're just thrown into the back of our seats. And then he just goes almost straight up and angles it. Like, stands the wing on end, <laughs> spiraling up into the sky, <laughs> turning the way he needed to turn. I was like, what is going on? For a second, I said, is this guy mentally stable? Are we going to stay in the air? Because we were tipped up, you know, with like one wing pointing at the ground. Steepest climb we've ever done. And uh, Jesus, we got up to, you know, proper altitude quickly. But that was funny. He definitely wasn't letting the computer control that ascent. So... Yeah, he's probably anti-technology. That's why he manually flies the whole way, never uses autopilot. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's good. Um, <laughs> I don't know what his co-pilot was saying during that. Or maybe the pilot, you know, he was training, but the pilot had done it thousands of times and was like, you know what, Ben, you take it this time. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to make this plane sing. Yeah. And he took it right up. That was a wild ride. I don't think... I prefer to be get in the biggest plane I can when I'm flying somewhere because then it's just the smoothest possible ride. It's like uh, getting in a big old... Being on a big Greyhound bus versus hopping into a tiny little smart car or something. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, you want, you want a big plane. Oh, you know what another trend is that I think is funny is the whole hashtag van life trend uh, mm. online where people bring their children... And families and they all live in vans or it'll just be two like kind of good looking people in a van and uh, they'll kind of set up perfect looking pictures of their life living in the van. Yeah. And then they make money just traveling and getting enough followers on Instagram, they say, I think. The funny thing is, before it became really trendy to do that, I think that would be kind of fun to do. Like, when I started seeing that online, I was like, oh, I'd like to do that, you know, someday, if I had the time and had a van and stuff. But uh, something about when things get too big and popular, I just don't want to do them anymore. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. It's like, um, what is it, when they, they started uh, copying all the hipster stuff, but making it kind of dulled down in stores. Like their, mm-hmm. when Urban Outfitters came out and started reproducing 90 shirts, but they were brand new shirts that said Ninja Turtles on them or something like that. Yeah, I was thinking, I live in Silver Lake. <laughs> I have a mustache. I'm doing a podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty much a walking stereotype. Uh, sure. But I... I don't know. It's like I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, "Well, I enjoy enjoy these things." So, I think if you, en- I think the key is if you enjoy it. If you're just putting mm-hmm. on, if you just put on the stuff because that's what you th- think that someone else wants you to look like, it's different from, "Oh, I like this shirt. I'm going to wear it." Or, mm-hmm. "I think that this mustache is comfortable on a windy day because it protects my lip," you know, or mm-hmm. something, or you know, I want to make a podcast because I call my brother anyway, so we might as well record it, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's good. There's justification all around there. Mm-hmm. Just justified it all. Oh, Elon Musk uh, said that he would help give energy and power to Puerto Rico. Oh, they're going to redo the infrastructure with solar? Well, he offered. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I think that would be good for an island like that. It kind of makes it independent of... Because I don't know what they're burning currently. Were they burning diesel or coal or something to get power? They, uh, I, I heard from a, a person around here that they were going to put in a solar panel array in the town over. But the local conservation committee uh, nixed the solar array because it would have messed with a moose habitat. Yeah, I guys see that. Sometimes those big things can mess with wildlife. Mm-hmm. I, I just see on the news now that Tesla founder Elon Musk, uh, he got power up and running at a children's hospital in Puerto Rico with solar panels. So they are doing it. Mm. You, know who, yeah. you know who's not helping in Puerto Rico? Who? James Corden. No. Oh. 
He might be. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what he, that guy's doing. He should drive around Puerto Rico singing in a car. Yeah, that's what he should do. He should go down there and sing to make them feel better. You know how they have those hotels in Japan where you can just rent basically a bed? It's a little pod hotel. Yeah, it looks like you're getting a, what is it, a CAT scan? Yeah. Or MRI? What is the thing that you go in the tube? Yeah, that's a, well, both, I think. CAT scan and yeah, MRI. Yeah, I've seen those, yeah. Yeah, they should do that for a full-time apartment, you know? Just a, a common room with 50 little tubes, and it's like $200 a month or something. If you want to just really, you know, save a ton of money. For the short term. Yeah, like in the Matrix, all those little pods everyone's in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't you figure out with our friend Brian Russell one time that you could fit all of the human population on Earth into the Grand Canyon if everyone had like a tiny little apartment to themselves? Yeah, there's enough uh, volume in the Grand Canyon so that if you made just apartments, just stacked apartments and, you know, from the bottom of the Grand Canyon to the top... And just filled every spot with like a, I think it was a 10 by 10 by 15 cube. So you just basically like a studio apartment. Everyone in the world, you know, what is it now? 7 billion people or something? Mm -hmm. Or what are we at? Yeah. Uh, They could each have an apartment. And, you know, so we weren't accounting plumbing and all that. But so, you know, when you think of... That'd be quite the community. That'd be pretty lively. Yeah. Can you picture, you know, holidays and parties and stuff? If you just open the door in a hallway... And get maybe a, a billion people partying in the same hallway. Yeah, that'd take a long time <laughs> to bring your groceries up unless they had some kind of vacuum tube system to bring you everything, like Amazon Prime, only it's a vacuum tube system or something. Yeah, you could just get your vacuum tube. Am- I mean, basically, that's all we want right now, right? We just want our Amazon to show up. We want our Netflix. Yeah, by, by that time, Stranger Things 43 would be coming out. I'd be like, 40, Stranger Things 43's on. <laughs> I'm going to order up some Din Din from Amazon Prime. And binge watch episode one th- or season one through 43. <laughs> yeah. Because no one else. You know, one work. thing that I have hopped back on is the, uh, what is that? Walking Dead train. Because I haven't watched for three or four seasons. Oh, really? And uh, I tried to. Uh, I went back and started watching season five because, I don't know, these billboards around town get me. (laughs) Well, yeah, it was good to talk to you again. Good to hear that things are going well in Vermont. Yeah, it was good to hear from you, too. And uh, I think this is good. You know, if we're going to call each other, we might as well record it and put it up on the Internet so that people can listen to it. (laughs) Yeah, I won't talk to you any other time other than this. This is the only time we communicate. It's the only way we know how. Sounds good. Well, I hope you have a good uh, week coming up, and I'll uh, see what's new next time. All right. This is uh, Stacking Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. See you later. Yep. See ya. Bye. I go on and on. Can't understand how I last so long. Must have superpowers, rap 225,000 hours. Get a calculator, do the math. I made a thousand songs that made you.